0: All right, we are back. As promised, we are now going to go to one of the finest uh, investigative journalists that's currently out there, Mr. Greg Palast. Greg Palast is currently on a book tour for his excellent tome, The Best Democracy Money Can Buy. An updated version has been, uh, been issued, and Greg is out spreading that around. If you didn't get a chance to get one from our pledge drive at KDVS, you may want to go down to Berkeley and snag one tonight. This is also available on cd and i can't i can't say enough good things about the fine work that greg palace does if you want to be informed about what's going on in the world his works are a good place to start greg palace for the third time welcome to radio parallax Your book, The Best Democracy Money Can Buy, has been a bestseller, and there were numerous important issues that it examined, among them electoral chicanery, the unhealthy effect of money on politics, the California energy deregulation scam, globalization, Walmart expansion, the art of investigative digging, and how a California journalist winds up having to work for the BBC.
1: Investigative reporting has become kind of a crime in America. I think it's against Patriot Act 4 or something. (laughs) Uh, And... You know, you can't, you can't uh, tell the stories. I mean, now we have Bob Woodward coming out and saying, oh, I, b- I wrote a book after September 11th called Bush at War. Well, forget it. That wasn't the truth. Here's the truth. They were <laughs> not really concerned about fighting Osama bin Laden. That's what the whole last book was about. They are really concerned about fighting, uh, you know, using it as an excuse to enter uh, Iraq. And so I guess his next book is going to tell us what the real, real story is. But in the meantime, I'll, I'll get right to the real, real story, see? And, and you'll see that in the new version of uh, the new edition of the book, which comes out this week.
0: Excellent, Next, excellent. And, um, what are your major updates in the, and in the, the new version? The major
1: updates a whole new chapter is, number one, I have an inside document from the State Department showing that, you know, guess what, it's the oil and it's the assets. I have a hundred and one-page plan to divide up the assets of Iraq, especially the oil and supporting industries, to quote from the document. But it's important to know that it's the money. See, the, the way Woodward plays, it, it's some kind of like personality fight between uh, um, Rumsfeld and and um, you know the the uh, our comatose Secretary of State, uh, Mr. Powell, and and it's not about who has most testosterone and who's crazy and who doesn't realize that there's a problem going into Iraq. It, it's they knew, you know, none of this was actually news. They had a, another agenda, and it's all the money. I also do. What's been happening in the war on terror, you know, as long as our, you know, they say it's our first, uh, most important thing we can do. Well, what it has to do with, I told a story called Fear for Sale. We're setting up a, a new national DNA database without your approval. And, uh, but we don't have to worry so much about Big Brother. It, the, the problem is, is that it's basically billions of dollars are going to Bush cronies in no-bid contracts to sell us a bunch of worthless gizmos, which are supposed to protect us from the bad guys. Yeah, I mean, things like... We're spending millions and millions on an airport uh, security system to identify bad guys because as the head of the, of the company that's been hired to do some of this work, Choice Point, says, you know, the hijackers use their own names. If we had these systems in place on <laughs> September 11th, we wouldn't have allowed them on the planes. Well, uh, you know, golly! So now we're spending like—I'm not kidding—you we're spending uh-huh. several billion dollars for this system, even though experts tell me that Osama actually doesn't buy tickets under his own name. <laughs> even though he—I you know, know he gives up his frequent flyer miles, but he doesn't—you know—he doesn't register at hotels anymore as Mr. Bin Laden. You know, I, you know, uh, you know—it it would be funny if it weren't like our lives are on the line here. And certainly, most—you know—the truth is, it's our pocketbooks. But.
0: And on that very topic yeah. they were talking about putting vo- uh, face recognition systems cameras all over America and while we invaded Iraq and Saddam Hussein entered a television studio to deliver an address our intelligence people kept saying is it him or a double
1: <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> you know it's like well uh, yeah exactly and when osama take shaves off his beard <laughs> and is having a, a you know a, a couple of blonde barbies massaging his feet at the ritz in the uh, hotel in paris You know, Mm -hmm. come on, guys. Would we Uh, know him? But, you know, so it's all, you know, I don't know. I'm old enough, I hate to admit, to say that I remember, you know, getting under the desk during the Cuban Missile Crisis, to practice mm-hmm. duck and cover.
0: Yeah, and you know, too. and
1: what they told us: don't look at the flash. Everything's fine. <laughs> you know, when the, when the bomb, you know, wipes, you know, <laughs> lands above your local Walmart, all you have to do is not look at the flash, and you're mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that's what. We, and so this is a, a story about of, of don't look at the flash is 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 in there. And then I have some good stuff about James Baker, who's now. Uh, remember him? He was the Secretary of State who told Saddam Hussein it would be okay to invade Kuwait. Yeah. I'm not kidding about that. Yeah. And he now has an office in the White House, even though he's still a, he is still the lawyer for the Saudi Arabian government and Exxon Oil. I mean, it is stunning that this is going on. But you know, I figure I ought to tell you that if no one else will. And
0: did, do you have him talking talking somewhere in uh, over in Russia, bragging a bit about how he fixed the election? Wasn't wasn't something?
1: Yeah, yeah. He actually. <laughs> he, he went to Russia, and he was trying to get more of his clients for his oily little oil business, uh, legal business. And he so to make sure that the, that the oligarchs there knew knew who he was. He says, you know, I just kind of by way of introduction, you know, I'm the guy that fixed the election for George Bush in Florida, which he did. And yeah. um, he was the lawyer for that's the other thing, He's lawyer for the uh, for uh, George and Republican Party. And one of the other stories I have in the new edition is about how number of votes that aren't counted when you cast your ballots. It's not such a big problem in California but, but elsewhere, do you know that one point nine million ballots were cast in in the year two thousand. One point nine million ballots cast and not counted. In other words they come up with some reason not to count your ballot. You know, it's right. unreadable, it's torn, it's got a stray mark, right. blah blah and it turns out, lo and behold, that slightly over half those ballots were cast by black people. Uh-huh. And you know, so you know, if, in a nation
0: if, where 10 percent of the population is black, 50 percent of discounted ballots are black.
1: Are black exactly? Mm-hmm. In fact, it's ten, let's put it this way. And I've been working. Just so you know, you know, it's not, you know, just Greg Palace. Working, uh, in fact, in your area, uh, with Chris Edley uh, of the U.S. Civil Rights Commission and Harvard Law School, mm-hmm. and his statistician discovered that the probability of a white person's vote not counting is about, you know, it, is about. Uh, You know, three quarters of a percent—that's fairly high. Mm -hmm. But uh, a black person's about seven, eight percent. Wow! And that means if you're black, you're ten times as likely not to have your vote count. And that has to do with things like when I was in Florida, I saw how that happened. Yeah. In white areas, for example, if you messed up your ballot, you got another ballot. In black areas, they would have the machine readers of paper ballots at a different location. You messed up your ballot; it just was thrown away.
0: Yeah, we should remind listeners that you'd actually uh, sussed out the story of what was going on in Florida while the election 2000 was still in play.
1: Oh, yeah, I want to thank Mr. Woodward, who did run my story in in the Washington Post on how the uh, election was stolen in 2000, that is, by um, eliminating tens of thousands of black voters from the voter rolls. And I did put that in the Washington Post, but seven months after I wrote it, and when I wrote it for the British papers, Al Gore was still in the race. By the way, and I'm not talking about what a great, brilliant journalist Greg Palace is, because that's baloney. What it is is I've had the opportunity to run the stories, which you can't get in, in any other paper. The only thing maybe the Wall Street Journal allows really does allow some real investigative reporting, but for the most part, uh, it's just prohibited. Yeah. It's a way to end your career.
0: Yes, yes, and we had uh, Christina Borgeson talk about career-ending news stories at some length. We hope we'll get her, her on again as well. Yeah. We should put a plug in, too, for Kim Alexander, who's founder of the California Voter Foundation. done a lot of the same work on uh, paperless uh, voting. And in California, they're attempting to decertify that.
1: As soon as someone says that we're not going to give you a receipt, uh, you know, you get a receipt when you get a Slurpee at a 7-Eleven. <laughs> you vote for the president. They don't want to give you a receipt. <laughs> it says, uh, here's how you voted and have a verifiable paper trail. Uh, you know, as soon as someone says, uh, I'm not, if you go to a store and someone says, no, no receipt, um, that's bad. But when they say oh, you're voting for uh, the president of the United States, they're going to give you a receipt. That's, you know, yeah, right. Yes, um, and, and we saw what happened in uh, already with uh, with computer voting in Florida, where, uh, again, the problem is in the black areas. And the reason why it's black people is we know how they vote. I mean, they vote over 90% Democrats. Yes, they do. And so this is a good way to put your big fat thumb on the electoral scale. But, you know, as Henry Kissinger said... He's talking about Chile, but, you know, he applies everywhere. Some issues are just too important to leave to the voters. (laughs) And and I just heard that again in terms of Iraq, which is why the other thing I'm writing about is I I just uh, interviewed General Jay Garner, who was really fired because he called for elections in Iraq.
0: Yes, indeed. Yes.
1: You know, know, we keep talking about bringing democracy to Iraq, but it has a lot to do with preventing our, our troops are there literally to prevent an election.
0: Right. To prevent well, a vote. They're saying right now that they don't. They just don't believe the Iraqis are up to the job of, of having, uh, oh, running their own gun country.
1: Yeah, I know. That's where George uh, Bush and Saddam Hussein agree, that the Iraqis aren't ready for democracy.
0: <laughs> but, you know, you
1: know, and so, you know, and uh, one thing he's right about now is that uh, now we finally do have al-Qaeda in Iraq, which we didn't before. <laughs> exactly. We've now, we've now drawn them in. You know, we've put out the honey. Unfortunately, you know, I'm laughing, but obviously uh, kids are getting... Our kids are getting shot at, and that's real serious stuff. And there's a story in the New York Times this weekend. It's not Vietnam. They should have said dot, 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 yet. Uh (laughs) You know, come on, guys. I'm sorry. I was there. I remember Vietnam when the Buddhists were burning themselves early on. And it was very, people forget the war in Vietnam started. It's very similar. Quiet insurgencies, religious differences, and then kaboom.
0: Now, since you were on last, we've had quite a number of people carrying uh, the same sort of message you find in the best democracy money can buy on. And uh, we had a Watergate whistleblower, John Dean, on, who discussed worse than Watergate. Uh, A lot of parallels between his book and yours. Yeah. Ambassador Joe Wilson talked about the weapons of mass destruction, or lack of therein, and the retaliatory outing of his wife by the Bush administration. Uh, Democratic presidential candidate Dennis Kucinich talked about his criticism of the Iraq War, as did Reese Ehrlich, who's the co-author of Target Iraq and a KQED radio reporter. And I guess you've worked with Charles Lewis, author of Buying yeah. of the President 2004. Uh, he was on our show.
1: Yeah, I mean, the point, of the be- what's nice about the best democracy money can buy is that it's also become like a resource book for so many of the other writers and yes. workers. And that's really valuable. In fact, actually, uh, you know, Michael Moore's new film is uh, based a lot out of my new book. And that's really valuable to me. That I can bring this material over back to my home country. You know, I mean, I've, I've, you know, the I've just moved my back here from London because I want my kids to be Americans.
0: Okay. That's,
1: I think that's really. This is the land of the free. I'm not kidding. It is a wonderful. Like, you know, even Noam Chomsky says it's the greatest nation in the world I can't live anywhere else. Yeah. And, and you know, that's why I'm so, like, you know, ju- you know, doing handstands and screeching because, you know, it's land of the free you know, dot, dot, dot for now. Yeah. You know, we got to fight to keep it uh, that way. You know, I mean, Jefferson warned us about this. You don't get a Bill of Rights and you say thank you and it's over with. You have to fight for it in every generation.
0: And I want to put a plug in, too, for some documentary filmmakers we've talked to. Robert Greenwald, who produced Uncovered, the truth about uh, the war in Iraq. And
1: Unprecedented, about my work. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. And, and also Danny Schechter, who's recently produced Weapons of Mass Deception, and also featured you in his documentary, the excellent documentary, Counting on Democracy. Oh,
1: well, that's right. In fact, if people want to see Counting on Democracy, we just because we run out of copies, Danny and I, uh, we did it for PBS, which is a little squeamish about running it. <laughs> so we've made our own copies. Okay. Uh, and Go to www.gregpalace.com, and you know what you can do? You can see there um, the BBC television reports that you are otherwise barred from seeing in in real time. Uh, you know real video, whatever the heck it is. Uh, go to the left side of my homepage. I mean that's uh, so you can get the stuff. and and by the way, support this station. It is your weapon of mass instruction in California. And believe me, uh, you won't miss your water. Cause you will run dry <laughs> and you won't and you'll miss this information when when the truth dries up. So, you know, this is, again, it's a question of responsibility. You know, uh, you're already getting the Arnold tax. I mean, he's borrowed 15... He's a, he's a genius, isn't he? He just borrowed $15 billion. Gee, if Gray Davis had done this, let, well, let's just borrow a lot of money. Yeah. And solve it's, things while I'm in office and then pay it back later when when I leave.
0: Exactly. Well, how do you like John Kerry's chances in November?
1: Well, I mean, I've been concerned. There's moments when I think that the, the that while George Bush is going to have great difficulty... Getting reelected, he seems to be running unopposed. Uh, you know, carry. You know, he's supposed to. You know, there's the. Is it a choice or an echo? Which is that? Um, uh, and this is a big problem. Uh, do we? Is there a, a real, articulated alternative? You know, I don't. I'm as a journalist. I have the the great pleasure of not having to take sides. I, I'm nonpartisan. I don't belong to any political party. At uh, so you know, so I'm not carrying water one way or the other. Besides, I know that uh, it'll be like Clinton. If Kerry gets in, he's just going to break your heart. So, uh, yeah. you know. But at the moment, obviously, in fact, you know, while Catherine Harris says that Greg Pallast is twisted and maniacal
0: <laughs>
1: and partisan, in fact, I the reason I use my bullets on the Republicans is that you know my view is when it comes to Democrats, let sleeping dogs lie, and lying dogs sleep. Yeah. And there's no sense making fun of Democrats because they have no power. It's like kicking a a political cripple. (laughs) I I hate to kick the Democrats' wheelchair. You know, it's really unseemly.
0: Yes. (laughs) Well, now, Condi Rice this last weekend was likening a potential attack on the United States by terrorists as an attempt to influence the election, as they allegedly did in Spain, so, do you see the, this? The beginning is an attempt to portray Kerry as the guy that Al Qaeda wants to get into power.
1: <laughs> you know, we have a, an unelected government in Iraq, uh, which is a puppet government of the U.S., and we have an unelected government in Washington, which is a puppet government of the Saudis. So, the the real question is: Is Kerry willing to take on the guys who pay the guys who kill us, and they come out of the uh, out of uh, the Petro Sheik uh, Empire, and uh, that's the real. Question for me? Um, yeah, obviously uh, they're going. They're 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 laying the groundwork very carefully now to in case there's an attack. See, their big fear is that another attack will sink George because he couldn't handle it. So they're going to they're already in advance blaming the next attack on. Uh, I'm Kerry, so they're trying to put the, you know, the turban beard on him. Yeah, they sure are. <laughs> you know, if he sure allows are. that to be done, then he's a fool. I, in fact, in Kerry's defense, he was the one, he's the one senator, he actually called for, he said that before September 11th, he said there ought to be a formal declaration of war against al-Qaeda. Yeah. Before September 11th. And you know what's amazing to me? He doesn't mention that. And, and that, that spooks odd. me out. I mean, it, you know, actually the guy has a very good record on this matter. What is the problem here? I am wondering, that's why I say I don't, you know, I mean, uh, thank God I don't have to be for or against any candidates. Not even George Bush, you want to vote for him, go right
0: ahead. Yes, but, uh, someone in defense of the Democrats who have been criticized for having given authorization to Bush to go into Iraq, uh, it was quite clear in their passing of that legislation that the, the criteria that had to be met was that there had to be no diplomatic resolution of the attack by weapons of mass destruction. So that the yeah. the fact that Bush basically shunted around that one makes the whole uh, the whole war illegal.
1: Well, but the, the thing is, is, don't forget, is that the Democrats knew that Bush was lying and they and they let him lie to them. They they're like you know, like they they have the you know the, the beaten wives syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> they have to keep coming back. You know, beat me, but tell me that you still love me. And, um, you and know, I'm it, yours. It, yeah. it, it is pathetic, isn't it? But yeah. you know.
0: what do you think of Air America?
1: do I think of Air America, uh, well, I mean, uh, uh, I, I love it. You know, I was just actually uh, hanging with Janine Graffel and Al Franken this weekend, and uh, they look pretty bleary-eyed because it takes a lot of work to do three hours a day.
0: Yes, uh, imagine.
1: But, uh, you know, you know the, the difficulty for Air America is that Ollie North and, and uh, you know, Bill Unreality, um, <laughs> you know, they, they screech. And so they don't need a lot of information. That's why our guys are sleepless, because they really actually believe there ought to be some facts on the show. Right. It kinda,
0: it's creditability. The, you know,
1: the, the problem is that they worry because it could slow down the pace. You know? <laughs> Al likes to say things like, well, that was very informative. You know, it's like, and you can you know, just hear the commercial producers going, oh, my God, don't say it's informative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, so it's-
0: our, our listeners, again, need to hear about where you're going to be in the Bay Area. You'll be in Berkeley on the 29th.
1: Today yeah. on Thursday, uh, I will be, uh, um, and then uh, on Friday I'll be with Working Assets during the day. The way the best way to get information is go to triplewgregpallis.com. But tonight I will be at 7 p.m. with Jello Biafra of the, of the Dead Kennedys and Greg Palace. We will be at the uh, uh, at the Fellowship Hall in Berkeley, seven or 7:30 p.m. Be there um, or be you know scared <laughs> I had Jello there because uh, um, you know he you know it's, it's grim since he did the song Deutsch uh, California Uber alles <laughs> and he thought it was a joke
0: <laughs> my
1: that's the problem is that uh, when, when you become uh, a bit too prophetic for your own enjoyment uh, well I got I really have to go but Fair uh, enough. I will be uh, I'll be speaking with you later and seeing you in Berkeley uh, tonight tomorrow in San Francisco at uh, at noon. Yeah. Uh, just get to the working asset sites or my own site to get the information www.greggpallas.com. Yeah.
0: All right, Greg, thanks. Thanks. Well, I got to say we feel very privileged to be able to bring you here on this community radio station. Uh, someone of as high a caliber as Greg Pallast. He's someone that should be all over CNN, but he's not. He has to operate from a base in the United Kingdom. But we're going to do our best to bring him to you as we've done today, and we hope that Greg will come on for a fourth, fifth, and sixth visit on this program in the future. We're out of time on our second segment. Stay tuned for our third, where we'll be talking with our good friend Gary Chu. This is Radio Parallax. I'm your host, Douglas Everett. This is KDVS, 90.3 FM, Davis, Sacramento.